back to Curious Comedy, a podcast made to inform and entertain, to enjoy and direct your brain. Oh, and our name, I'm Tom. I'm Jala. And without further ado, let's get into it. Great. So, this week we have a topic which is uh, how you have a, almost a profound relationship with. I can uh, say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you will uh, elaborate on that further. Most surely. Most assuredly. So, um, maybe first... I um, want to give a sort of a, a short introduction uh, with kind of a uh, holistic view um, and, uh, as a way to introduce uh, the topic of today. And the topic is education. And we already have uh, the name for the episode, which is the, the good, the bad, and the future, which maybe gives you a little bit of an impression. But um, now, first of all, um, we all know that education um, is really important, and uh, maybe we differ in the degree to which we think it is important. And so maybe we could differ uh, with the question: Okay, how much should we invest in education, or how long do we know, right? Or, or how <laughs> should we invest it? Uh, but that education is important, uh, and that we should invest uh, in, in it at least a little bit. Uh, on a public level is almost common sense, mm. I'd say, right? Um, but isn't it quite interesting that despite being uh, aware of the importance of education for almost uh, a couple of centuries, uh, even before the fall of the Roman Empire uh, 500 years ago, that we still have discussions about the relative importance of education. And um, yeah, that's what this episode is all about. And, and so we want to yeah, dedicate this um, episode to give an overview of the development of education, uh, moreover maybe in a, in a, in a historic uh, perspective, but with the hope of being sort of fundamental but also instrumental with respect to giving sort of a summary uh, on which we hope that further discussions can be built. Uh, and that it would maybe enable people uh, people to think about the things that we haven't thought about uh, and maybe to improve the rate of improvement, right? Because mm -hmm. I almost have a feeling, that that is maybe personal, that we don't really improve in the way uh, how we think about uh, uh, education. And again, we all know that it is important, but um, I have a feeling, although that we know that it is super important, <laughs> uh, there is too much discussion about it, and it is mm. not always in a constructive manner, right? Mm. So, um, yeah, maybe just to, 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 to start with the question, um, we live here in Netherlands, um, what does our Dutch education system look like, and how does it work, and maybe due to your experience, uh, mm. you can tell us uh, a little bit about it. Yeah. So, uh, luckily, thanks to the experiences that I've had, I've been able to at least get a partial look into almost all uh, forms of uh, such education right now. So, that's a pretty good insight that I can give, despite being, uh, being so young. Um, our kids start school when they're four, and they go to elementary school. First two years are basically learning how to finger paint, learning not to kick other kids' face in, and learning not to throw pencils during class. I mean, that's, that's the first two years, and then um, they slowly start reading, writing, speaking, doing simple math, and they progress uh, through our grades. 
somewhere every kid is placed in a in a group and usually up to 30 people in one group is about the limit for most schools uh, some will put it lower because it puts a lot of pressure on uh, teachers but that's something we can get into a little bit later i think it's a really interesting thing to talk about um, in those eight years um, they are supposed to be preparing us for high school and then you will make a standardized test called the CITOTUTS, uh, and once you, de depending on your score that you that you have uh, with the CITOTUTS, um, you you can apply to different schools, and you have a higher likelihood or of getting into one. And then we have it basically separated. It's a bit more complex, and there's more levels of this. We have it uh, separated into three levels, which is uh, or yeah, MAVO, HAVO, VBO, which uh, is basically going to university for a master's, going to uh, yeah, semi-university here for a bachelor's, or uh, having a practical education uh, eventually uh, longer down the road uh, in which you will most of the time do something uh, more with your hands uh, and less theoretical work. Um, because basically what our school system right now is designed to do is um, sort out your job, or at least this is what it's kind of uh, supposed to do, is that the highest IQ most well scored uh, students will go to the most theoretical of education, which will be VBO uh, and going to university. And the lower down the line, the more practical it will be, uh, which there's some merit to that system. And um, after they finish high school, um, high school only has three levels based on their experiences in high school. They can still alternate depending on how well they do. Uh, and after that, they will follow their higher education if they want to continue, but everybody is forced to attend school unless, uh, until they're at least 18. Um, and that's the basic idea of the school system right now. Um, but there's a lot of different intricacies and rules and regulations and things that go into that that I, I really like talking about it. So I'm very happy uh, to do this episode because um, education for me is something I personally hold very closely. Um, it's the, it's course a reason I went into the field is because I felt I could make a positive change to it um, and I think at the fundamental level there are things that uh, require change uh, but I also think that there are some less obvious things um, which people may not realize which uh, are often not talked about or um, shoved under the carpet which could also make a significant difference um, so one of the things that I really uh, that I really I think is interesting is the way that schools get feedback uh, or <laughs> or pretend to ask for feedback but don't do anything with it. So um, one thing that I have really noticed, which is a trend among almost all schools that I've worked at. Uh, so I've worked at a, I've worked at an elementary school, I've worked at a high school, middle school, um, I've worked in a higher education. Partially followed it myself. The only thing I really haven't been a part of is university, but luckily Jala is here to uh, supply us on that front. Um, and I have uh, seen a bit of alternate, uh, alternative education as well, which is helping people with uh, disabilities or people that are refugees or immigrants. So I've really got a decently broad perspective of it. Um, but that uh, one thing that I see all the time happening is that there is some new information that comes out some education, some articles, some research, whatever is published. And one thing that was super interesting to me is, is a great example. We found out 
could you believe it that asking feedback from your students is a good idea because it will reflect how well your school is doing to a pretty good degree. Um, so you should ask your students how they're doing, uh, how, how they like it, or uh, how do we score on a, on a test that you made, and, and we should change things based upon their answers, if, if need be. Now, there's a couple of things that go wrong, but the students get the test. Now, um, one thing you might imagine is that if you're a student at a school and you talk negatively about your school, you might be wary of how that will impact you. Um, so first things first, they have to be anonymous. Fine, you can over, you can get across that boundary pretty quickly. Um, but then uh, another thing that happens is that students will uh, write what they think. Now, of course, sometimes they will exaggerate, but all in all, uh, it should balance out reasonably well. And the answers then get uh, then get leaked or leaked. They get reviewed by the by the management. Uh, they will look at the look at the numbers, and they will share it with the with the team of teachers. And what happens is everybody will sit in a room and be like, mm, "Yes, that's, that's not so good, or that's that's kind of bad, or I wish that was a little bit higher." Like uh, the relationship, the the, uh, the 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 strength of the relationship students feel with their teachers how qualified they are with certain parts of the education, how well the materials are in order, how happy they are with the scheduling. If you can name it, uh, uh, it's somewhere in that, in that review. And then they will talk about it. Guys, we need to change it for the better. And this and this uh, we need to work on. And then everybody's like, yes, I agree. We definitely should. And then nothing happens, really. Like, you would think something with nothing. And it's, it's crazy because everybody in that room agrees that we should change something or we should do something. But I have a feeling, especially because perhaps teachers on the, on the usual are more on the softer side, the more caring side, right? Because it, it partially requires you to be if you want to be a teacher. And that people don't dare to speak out or don't dare to be that, that, that voice that really needs to be heard to say, yeah, but so what are we like in practical terms actually doing to change this or what it barely comes up it really rarely does and and the management will say yeah we'll figure out the plan and we will do uh, we will work something out but my reality um we are almost stuck in the system um why is that yeah that's a good question uh so from what i've what I've been able to gather is that the, the education system as it is right now was set up, uh, yeah, I think, what was it, about 100 to 200 years ago? I don't know exactly. It's like the modern system, right? Of course, we have um, we have Greek and Roman uh, school, as it were, but that's not really comparable to the school that we have now. And, and it was made to get people ready and uh, able to work in a factory setting or work uh, work jobs as quickly as possible. That was what it was supposed to do. And that kind of factory setting where we have all kids based on the same age, based on the same grade, in the same class, and forcing them to pass certain uh, certifications, as it were, getting their answers, um, and then at the end of the year getting a piece of paper that says you're good and then going into the workforce. I mean, that's basically the way the system has laid itself out. And Really, it's it's kind of 
we've, I think it's comparable to politics in a sense. We've talked about this before. Is that because we are so involved in politics and what is happening now, how should we deal with certain problems, uh, what party is going to do what, and uh, what are everybody's interests, that we don't talk about what should our policy or what should our general policy be or should we just review the entire way politics are being held in the Netherlands, like even broader. That doesn't happen with school anymore either, or at least barely. And it does happen at some uh, places, which is very exciting stuff as well. Uh, like Acton Academy, I, I told you about that as well, um, where they, it's, it's a foundation in America that has started to, yeah, just fundamentally completely change the way that they teach ed education on a big time. Uh, once you give me the go sign, I'll talk a little bit, little bit about that. Yeah, you, you started it, so uh, I mean, uh, go on. Sure. Uh, so Acton Academy is um, it started. It, it's, a, it's a company started by. Uh, oh, could, you, could you look it up while I? Because uh, I do want to give credits to the man. Because uh, I've heard him talk. He seems like a very, very honorable, humble man um, who's really trying to do some good for the world. Uh, so I really want to give him a shout out if possible. Uh, what was the name of the college? Acton Academies. A C T O N. Um, and what he did basically, he, he first started in K-12, which um, in America that just means the first 12 grades of school. And they started at 6, so I'm pretty sure that's primary education up until high school. And now he, he changed a bunch of things. So um, the fundamental thing, I think the biggest thing that he probably changed was the idea that students are there to learn to study for an exam and then pass that exam. And that's, that's how we grade. Uh, and instead of, of having typical grades, uh, he scrapped a bunch of ideas and the fundamental idea was blended learning to focus on, um, on growth and to make the student be able to be, make a student as capable as possible of learning himself. And teachers are no teachers in the sense that you are there to learn something. I am there to teach it. No, you are here to learn something as well as you can. You are going to learn to learn it, and I will guide you wherever you need help. And I thought, okay, that's a whole different way to kind of turn a dynamic around. And, and I'm a big fan of it because one of the things that I love most uh, as a teacher or, or working in education is individually being able to assist uh, some, somebody that's stuck or really needs help because that's where you can, you can feel it that you are changing that person's life. Even if it's a small moment or a small thing, you can feel I'm really helping. I'm really making a difference by being here in that moment right now. And by turning the system around in such a way that that uh, maximizes the chance of that happening. Blown away by that idea. Um, and uh, another thing that they really preach is that every child that comes into there is is, is brilliant. And I first at, at, at first I was, okay, I get what you're going with. Every child is growing, every child is opportunity, right? It would be a horrible thing to say that if that isn't the case. But I thought you also have to be realistic, right? You can't say that every child can can uh, be a Wall Street billionaire or every 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 person can uh, uh, live on a yacht uh, uh, and the beach sipping cocktails, right? That doesn't that that's just not how the world works. Um, you could even have a debate if that is like the highest achievable thing. Right, but I thought you were a fan of the cat theory, that everybody could live as cats, but... Yeah, but I'm not <laughs> sure how many cats 
live on the on yak. Right. Mm. Sure, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but the idea is more of uh, the way that he explained it, uh, the best I'm able to recreate it, is that every child has the potential to do something brilliant, brilliantly. So every child has a calling of some sort. Every child is able to become something uh, or find something that they think is incredible and really work towards that. Yeah. And, and what they do is they have internships as early as they can. They make sure they have plenty of work experience. They learn to love uh, or they, they focus on getting the children to love to learn to read instead of, you know, forcing the children to read, getting a book report is not okay. We're going to introduce you to some, some great literature, to some, some books. We're going to supply with you whatever, with whatever you need to be able to enjoy reading. And we're going to facilitate that. Um, but it's a lot more of a free space. Uh, and then you think, okay, um, but how do you know if they're, if they're getting results? How do you know if they're being taught to, to write, to read? to do all of these things properly, right? Because they're not being graded as, as much. They're not um, they're not learning it as practically in a classroom with a teacher. And, but they've made, made fantastic results and actually uh, shown up as one of the, as the number 11 best school in America, which is a pretty significant uh, achievement, uh, which shows that whatever they're doing is partially working, right? At least it's getting results while also uh, maintaining a very different structure than they had and revolutionized the the way that education has been held together and it's still to be so efficient that for me shows a lot of problems uh, and another thing I want to jump back to my original article uh, about acting academy so one thing they primarily focused on and was that individual growth, right? I want to make my students want to learn. Now, if you have ever <laughs> been in high school education, you will know that uh, the truth could not, it could not be further from the truth if you walk into a classroom that these children are there to want to learn. And, and it really breaks my heart in a sense because when I was younger, I didn't really, I wasn't too fond of school either, and I didn't really like learning all that much uh, as, as a thing on its own. And, and now that I've gotten a bit older and a bit more mature and, and realized in life uh, that knowledge and learning can be incredibly powerful and, and fun things to do. Uh, but in education that almost felt uh, disregarded in a sense, uh, where I really uh, had a few teachers that I completely fell in love with uh, and that showed me a great time and taught me a bunch of things, but I also had a, a lot of negative experiences and, and I think most of that came from the fact that it is all set up for you to just get through it. and. I also saw another uh, saw another video out of school that wasn't doing the same thing as Acting Academy, like switching the whole system up, but they had a giant focus on, okay, we are here to learn to talk to each other, learn to respect each other, and number thing first, number one thing first, we want you to have great connections with the teachers here. And that had already showed a significant difference in the way that it was being taught, because... Uh, 
there is also a giant disconnect from the from the students and the teachers nowadays. The teachers or students are in a classroom as a general rule. Teachers uh, are in a classroom with a bunch of students that don't really feel motivated to learn, don't really want to be there. They're waiting for the bell to ring and get outside. Like the second it's, it's the bell rings, they jump out their seat if they're not already out of their seat and having your jacket on. Uh, and teachers are annoyed that they're in front of a class having to teach people that are, you know, they don't want to be there. And one of the best things about being a teacher is having that re reciprocative uh, enthusiasm. Like, I teach you something, you're like, oh, great, I understand it now. And that makes me happy because I've been successfully able to help you understand it. I'm not the one teaching you. You have taught yourself through me. And that is also the idea that Acton wants to really push for. And I think that's a fundamental way that, that education might have to change. Yeah. yeah, I must say I completely agree. And um, there are a couple of things I just said that I want to touch upon, but um, all is related to uh, to the last part. Um, so I wanted to, to ask, but uh, I'm then also giving my own opinion about it, mm. um, that um, it sounds a little bit for me uh, to something that I have heard was talking about a couple of years ago when he was mm. talking about education of children. Yeah, yeah, I honestly thought about that as yeah, well. Right? Yeah, right? Uh, so, so then probably you agree that it is uh, that the way he proposed uh, proposed to, to, to educate his, his children and that he also said, yeah, uh, more parents could do this is comparable to the way uh, actors do it. And, mm. uh, and um, it is, I think, and that is also something beautiful, uh, that not only Acton maybe is doing it, but Acton is surely doing this right now, but more people can do this. And for me, what is um, almost the central theme in the discussion about education, and that was, uh, again, the, also the, the key for me in your last part, namely that ultimately um, when you try to learn something, Something, and it really doesn't matter what it is or who it is, that um, you have to take into account two things. One is like the personal skill set of that person, which is even not the most important thing, mm -hmm. but, but it is important. But what is even more important, and that is the second one, is so maybe you should turn it around, but sure, and uh, is the, the utility of the thing that you, that you are trying to educate. Right, so um, I can let's, let's make it concrete or give an example. I, I can I can teach someone uh, how uh, a price of a product uh, is established, right? And then I can I can tell them a theoretical story about demand and supply, and then you I, I'm thinking about the the children jumping out of their seats when the bell is ringing, well, because why should I know? Um, but the moment I'm telling you that you maybe can buy the same pro product for a lower price, mm. which is another way of saying you can earn money, then I think the likelihood of the same child jumping out of their seats when the bell is ringing is decreasing. And that is because now 
I may be hearing the same story, but my uh, the view, the way, the perspective I'm looking at it is completely different. Because uh, in the first one, someone is telling me a story, and uh, yeah, let's let's say in the best case, I I can reproduce what you have told. Mm. In the second case, I'm trying to completely understand every word you're teaching because I understand the utility that it has. Mm. I don't care about the whole that I can reproduce the whole story. Mm. I, I want to to completely get it so that I can use it in my practical uh, day, mm. in, my, in my way of living. Uh, and I, I think maybe that is one of the most important things uh, of education, and that, that doesn't even then depend on uh, how you per se teach someone something, but knowing or um, having as a central theme the utility of the thing that you are learning is I think the most important uh, attribute almost. Mm. That is, for me at least, when, I look, when I'm looking back and think about all the things that, that, that school and other people have taught me, I'm, the thing that, that, that immediately comes to mind is, is, is skills or knowledge that I've been able to use in a practical sense. And then uh, that gave me an advantage or really helped me that I thought, okay, this is useful. And the same with English or with French, right? So you can teach someone a different language, but uh, it is only at the moment that you are really trying to make a podcast and you lack um, a sense of a vocabulary to make, to re really convey your message mm. that you see what the value of truly learning that language. Mm -hmm. And before that, yeah, people can talk about, yeah, grammar is important because then uh, if you if your grammar is not on point, then when telling a story, people get confused. Mm. But I can only see the value when, when that is proved, and most of the times that happens when when you just uh, let the knowledge work for you. In other words, you use it in practice. Yeah, no, uh, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I, it's another thing that uh, the Jeff Sandifer, which is the, the founder of Acting Academy, thanks for that, um, he came up with, um, or not came up with, a thing that he really wants to facilitate as well is the ability to realize the value of learning certain things, like you just mentioned for English, needing to learn it for the podcast, needing to be able to speak it properly because you're going to need it in a business setting or whatever, right? You're being forced into a situation where you have to make use of it. Uh, and the problem with a lot of the education that we have right now is that um, we are teaching certain things um, and there's one, no motivational drive behind it. So why do I need this? Why do I need to know this? Uh, I don't care. And the other is that we, uh, when they aren't challenged enough, we make it easier. And that is a critical failure. Um, because the second that we start to make it easier when they aren't able, they, they don't want to be, they aren't motivated, we're going to spoon feed it to them. To the point we have to say, no, we have to make it difficult because they will realize they don't know it as well as they do. Because uh, there has actually been an interesting, uh, interesting stu uh, study that I uh, recently came across while I was actually working for my education, and is that humans are uh, categorically overestimating themselves, like a lot of the time. 
and uh, especially when it comes to knowing if you know something well enough. That we yeah. talked about it before, Jenny Kruger effect. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. And so students will uh, read a text, and then they will be asked, "How well do you think you knew the test?" They'll say, "Yeah, I think I think I know pretty well." And then they will make the test, and they will be like, "Ah, that was not so cool. <laughs> I really thought I knew this." And but then uh, if you, for example, let them read a text two days later, you ask them. Uh, how well do you think you knew it? And uh, maybe or uh, uh, maybe not so good. You make them do the test, and uh, or you make them review it again. You will see that they're able, the ability to assess themselves changes greatly for for a beneficial degree because they will be shown that the knowledge they have achieved in the first time already like started to sink away, and they haven't been able to fully integrate it yet. And um, a lot of exercise in the way we teach don't fully captivate or, or make use of that mechanic in the brain where we think we know that we know it pretty well or we understand it. We really don't, and we're also quite inefficient learners in the sense that a lot of what we do to study is just marking it, reading it again, rehearsing it, trying to force it into your head. Um, but those are proven to be some of the least uh, or most inefficient ways to study. Um, which is quite funny because they are the most used, because they are the most simple. And, but there are things like retrieve, space retrieval practice. So if you have a test in a week, better to do the last time you practice two days before and space it out. So you do it like once every day or two days because it will consolidate it more. And, and for example, uh, having a question, putting it on a card, putting the question there, and then having an answer on its back. That's a way better way of learning something than to just keep reading the text. And this is all information that exists, but they think there's two main reasons why it isn't being uh, applied in education right now, and that is one, because teachers, I think maybe actually three, I think one is teachers are afraid that once they start um, realizing that they aren't living up to their full potential, the second that they will have to make that up, that they, there's no going back, so the second you say, okay, we have to make it the best. Yeah, you're going to be swamped with work, right? You're going to really have to step your game up if you want to be competitive, uh, which is, you could say it's a good problem to have, right? But it's, yeah, it's something to think about. And um, second is that a lot of teachers don't even know that these things exist because a lot of teachers right now got their uh, education and diploma 20, 30 years ago. There's been a lot of changes since then. And that ties into the third point is that a lot of these this new information is getting out there, but it's being stopped at the managerial level, which I talked about uh, before as well, is that it's not being enforced, and a lot of the most important things aren't able to be measured. Um, like, uh, how much do you enjoy school? How much did you really learn? Or um, uh, what, are, what are things that definitely weren't as good as they could have been? Yeah, those are things that are hard to assess for a child. And uh, a, a teacher may may also not know the answer to that, but they'll probably know it better than a than a than a kid. But the teacher will often not reveal his own inadequacies because he's one afraid of getting fired, uh, and two afraid to admit that he is, he hasn't been doing as much he can because it's a job where you where you would aim to be the best you can. Because if you aren't doing the best you can, that means you're not doing the best you can for your kids. Yeah, which is 
something you will you that will weigh heavily on your heart if you admit it. So I think there's a big problem in that as well. Yeah, there is not really an incentive to change. Mm. For the better or for the worse. Yeah, no, that's a good way of putting it. For sure. And it's an incentive to stay the same. Yeah. And and even um um yeah, like you said, um but just in general you uh, endanger yourself by sticking out your neck. Exactly. Ah. In a couple of ways, right? So mm. uh just children can maybe uh, like to to a lesser degree, but um, in the worst case, you can can get fired. Uh, and there are a couple of the other, but maybe. Um, oh, it, sorry, I went on a uh, went on a bit of a tangent. <laughs> no, 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 no problem. Hey, because now we've got like a, a good basis, a good fundament to build upon, right? And that was uh, that was the whole goal, objective. So um, maybe for that sake. Um, or with respect to that, do you, how do you view, um, let's say, comparable uh, uh, education systems around us? And then especially when we look to the Scandinavian models, Norway, Norway Sweden, uh, but also Denmark. Finland's number one, mention them. <laughs> uh, yeah, but is it Finland? Because I thought it was Norway. Uh, it I, was I, Finland. I don't know. It could have changed. I, I, yeah, you can look it up. But what I found is Sweden, Norway, higher than Finland. Really, Finland yeah. used to be uh, number one. Yeah. But uh, it doesn't really matter. Oh, oh. Finland is also Scandinavian. So yeah, this one says it's Estonia. <laughs> no, but, no. It's, I know for sure that Norway. But the thing with Norway is that. And it, it it has a high public spending, right? Yeah, so yeah, a lot of sure. the, the, the billions that the government's earning is spent towards, mm. um, and, and so public schooling is is cheap and uh, uh, let's say uh, valuable in the sense of that it is a high level degree. Mm. So, but then again, then you can get Sweden. Sweden is also subsidized uh, a lot, but. Matters Scandinavian model uh, and maybe even the Denmark model, and then um, to compare that as uh, the, the Dutch educational system, and then also take in, take, take, uh, take into account the, uh, the Germany's model because it is like Sweden and Norway is a smaller country, Germany is a bigger country, and then maybe Canada because Germany is a, is a big European country and Canada is a, is even a bigger. a lot of 
it's kind of weird because schools make money, but they also don't. Uh, and I'm not very up to date with the intricacies and the policies and the economics of it all. But there's somehow a lot of money going into schools. And then what actually gets paid mostly, of course, is salary, right? Um, but then in terms of budget spending, uh, projects, this and that, a lot of it seems to just go away or doesn't really um, end up where you'd want it to be, end up yeah. and it gets delayed, right? That is a big problem with it. And almost like a charity. Yeah, really. Um, so you don't really know where it goes. And I think, well, we talked about that as well. Transparency is that could be key. Show me what you do with your money in education, and I like what I see. There's a good chance I'm putting my kid there, (laughs) right? Or I'm. Or you will get more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, More fun than that. uh, So that's one thing. Uh, Another thing is that, and I do remember this being Finland, but I could be wrong. Doesn't really matter for the for the for what I'm about to say. Is uh, there was uh, an interviewer that went there, uh, an American interviewer. And he went and looked, and they yeah they were doing their thing. They had their music classes. Big fan of uh, making sure that arts, creative classes are being taught at schools because more and more being creative is one of the things that is most, uh, yeah, one of the best, most valuable things in the modern world. So big fan of uh, feeding that. And, but they didn't have any homework. And the reason that they decided that they didn't have any homework. It was very simple. It was just, we believe that school should be the place to learn and uh, being at home should be the place where you can learn to be yourself and learn to love what you do and be with family and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they said, yeah, well, how do you get everything done? How, how possibly do you get to learn everything? And they said, yeah, well, we, because we have to, in a sense, we have made it so that we can make our classes uh, so active and have so many different things going into a class at once or make them so compact that we don't need to give them homework and because we will make sure that they have learned everything by the end of the year and if kids are behind they will usually get themselves up to date uh, because of yeah again feeling that desire to teach oneself and which is incredibly important I believe and Another thing that happened with the, uh, oh, trying to recall, this is uh, taking a lot of time for it's been a while. <laughs> um, that is like your disadvantage when you have so much, so much knowledge. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's like a library and you don't yeah. know where to find the book. You know that you have it, it just takes some time to find it. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I, I think I love this book though. Might be uh, somewhere in the basement covered in dust. No, I think you you, uh, you landed out and someone forgot to return. That could have very well been as uh, been the case. So I like to share my knowledge, but I don't always get it back. Um, wow, that 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 sounded almost sad, but sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I will bring your knowledge back. Sure. Don't worry about it. Bring it back for a real one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but uh, yeah. Oh, this is an idea which which happens in America, which almost unheard of, and then I saw it happening here as well. This was, wow, I really didn't like this. Do you know what grading on a curve means? 
what grading on a curve means is that based on you have a test, right? And uh, here we used to have a kind of principle, Havo Havo Vavio, which means which kind of uh, was almost equal to 60% of the tests have to be correct, 70% of the tests have to be correct, 80% of the tests have to be correct for it to be threshold. That was the threshold for for not failing it. Yeah. Um, grading on a curve meant that you take the lowest uh, lowest grade in your class and the average of that compared to the highest grade is how you is how you curve. So it doesn't matter what percentage of the test could be filled. For example, you have 10 questions. Make it very simple. You have 10 questions. And nobody in the class scores over five answers uh, correctly, but a lot of them score four answers. And that means that four answers will approximate an eight. Because if nobody gets those five questions, that means they weren't prepared enough for them to have those five questions, which, oh, there's so many problems with that. <laughs> and uh, it's the same in university. Yeah, I get you, but the thing is that... Um, yeah, that's not an excuse. It's not, I yeah. that's an excuse. I'm just saying that it's also happening at the university level. So that is happening mm. uh, on the whole spectrum. I think that's quite worrisome. Yeah, I mean, sure. So uh, you could argue it's more like another, uh, almost an argument for the for the other way that you would say that um, it, it it helps you it lowers the, it lowers the bar. So you would expect that on the highest educational level mm. you wouldn't do that. Yeah. And if you're even doing that on the highest educational level, then it's indeed worrisome. I mean, you can have uh, even a debate about what uh, if maybe. Um, university right now is what H what 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 like uh, HBO was uh, um, ten years ago, twenty mm -hmm. years ago, and that is indeed the the decrease, yeah, decline, yeah, the declining um, uh, level of uh, yeah, content is maybe substance, maybe a better word mm -hmm. of uh, of uh, courses. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure because. It just shows that the school, the education, the teachers aren't able to get across everything they need to get across. Yeah. Why else would it be on an exam, right? You have a curriculum dedicated to teaching you those things. If that means if you're not learning them, so we have to change the system by which we grade, something went terribly wrong. And um, But that is, that is, again, I think part of, part of it is the incentive and the transparency, right? Yeah. So, if you would make it transparent, then it is harder to 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 not let's say acknowledge uh, mm -hmm. what it is, uh, and by being not transparent the other way around, it's easier uh, to, to not show what what it is, right? Mm -hmm. um, but there, I think there is it, it is indeed quite interesting, but also the solution is then quite easy that you could just could say, hey. Um, the whole point is that you have to pose or ask those 20 questions. If you see that um, now more than 50% of your class is, is not passing due to three or five questions in that, in that exam that like 90% of your class didn't pass, mm -hmm. then that is what it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then by saying, okay, no, that is not what it is because then um, I think what truly is happening is that the parents of children are coming to the school and saying, hey, it is not fair that my child 
didn't pass this exam because you made a question that no one was able to answer. And so it is then the pressure of the children, of the parents of the children, which only works if there is a school that is ultimately has a management that is listening to those parents yeah, and yeah. then talking to the teacher and saying, hey, you should make questions that, that at least 60% is passing. So ultimately, I, I get you and I think we are on the same page and, and, and what, what like the, the key is and in, in, in this like the, what the problem right is, but uh, I think we are also on the same page what the solution is. But maybe the question then becomes, okay, uh, how is it possible that ultimately uh, you can make it plain and easy and just say, okay, how come that the power of the uh, parents is higher than the power of the teacher? Yeah, so you brought up incentives earlier, and I think this is, this is where you can see them working their power. Indeed, what you say is true. Teachers or um, parents of students who come to the school complain, hey, this isn't, this isn't fair because nobody knew how to make the, this question, etc. Teacher will say, I have given I have given them all the information they needed to be able to get this exam, uh, to be able to get this question right. If they want to be special, if they want to be unique, if they want to be the top of the top, the creme de la creme, they need to work hard and understand it to a degree that they are able to answer this question. That is, or you could argue that's what a university is for. It's meant to push you to yeah. that bound. Because the teacher will not listen and give them that answers, and parents will feel so entitled about their kids, they will go to management. And management is always trying to, trying to keep the, the, the parents happy, because it's PR and money for management. Two things. They will go to the management. Management will say, oh, yeah, yeah that's very weird. We, we certainly don't want uh, something unfair to happen. So they will change the system so that it's being graded on a curve because they will also think, listen, we get paid based on the amount of people that graduate from our school, not people that enroll, people that graduate. That is where we get our set subsidies from. Enrollment is only a small, a small portion of money that they get. So if that means 20% uh, of a class is failing because that one teacher is being a bit of a hard ass, we'll just change the way that grades are being taught because that means we will get more money. And then you can finally see why it's being able to hold up because it's crooked. Yeah, okay, but then, okay, now I, I can follow that, but then, um, then what, you, what you're truly saying is that there is an incentive, a financial incentive, uh, and therefore management is giving more power to the parents than to the teachers. Mm. But then you would expect that those same parents that are paying and so who pays has the power would ultimately not would prefer I, I that maybe that is an assumption but I would prefer let's say put it like that that I want my child to pass sure but after he understands it and if you give me the choice do you want to pass and not understand or understand and not pass then I would say rather okay then don't pass but understand mm -hmm. yeah. so and, and if that uh, if the majority would do that then the incentive would change and turn around and then this wouldn't happen so then you could argue is are we in this situation because ultimately parents 
find fast and more important than understanding. Yeah, well, and I think I think yes. First of all, I do think parenting is more important for them to pass. Okay, that is interesting. Um, and I think students definitely definitely, sure. definitely sure. think passing is more important than understanding. Uh, and I think it's because of the system, the way that the system is made up uh, is that it is oriented towards you passing, towards getting your getting your voldoende, uh, getting your grades, and then getting your diploma, your certificate, whatever it may be. Uh, and because we don't have the emphasis on learning, growing, you know, it sounds vague, but really to understand, to want to understand, to be able to grow, to create, to uh, to become an incredibly competent individual, that is what we don't facilitate anymore. And because of that, I think the incentive is, uh, has been so, so manipulated and, and, and is now so crude. Yeah, okay, but I, I can follow that, but then um, it, it also sounds a bit like um, the, the system is organized so because it is what it is, and then I, I'm thinking um, there is a part we play in that, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not that we are that we completely fall victim victim to the system. The mm. system is partly uh, intact and, and and the way it is because we don't demand otherwise. Mm. Oh, for, for sure, for sure. I think that's a big big thing, and. I myself am guilty of it too because I see I see things that bother me and that should be changed and uh, I am also scared to, to speak out sometimes uh, because of, I'm afraid to lose my job I'm afraid to lose status I'm afraid that uh, the feeble fickle connection I have with my uh, with my manager will, will will get even worse and because I'm already on thin ice. So I already know that if I start pushing, I'm in trouble, right? I might just get broken off the ice shelf and start drifting afloat. Uh, and it's not like, <laughs> like teachers earn a, earn a potload that you can afford to lose your job for a month or two. Uh, so that is one big thing you should, really shouldn't underestimate. But it's also, um, yeah, okay, this is a whole other thing. It's the woke ideology for America, but let's not even get into that. Um, it's... A lot of people also don't know better, I think, uh, in the sense that it's what has been done for a long time. And I know many, many parents here, uh, my mother included, would say, doesn't matter what you do, just get an education, just get a degree, just get one. I don't care what it is, just get one. And I tried to talk to her, like, Man, this is this, an alternative, just get a degree. Because... What you used to do is get a degree and you could start working. And now with the, with the modern world uh, world bringing so many different alternative routes, like, for example, ChatGPT being able to learn, online tutoring, being able to get certificates, uh, allowing your own education, uh, following it online, there's becoming so many more, more alternatives available that we are starting to realize inadequacies and inefficiencies that education brings with it. Um, but they haven't been brought to life for that long. And now I think the time comes where teachers, uh, parents, and students need to speak out and to say this isn't enough or it needs to be better or we disagree. Because the, yeah, the longer we keep quiet, the longer it can go on. But really, I think fundamental change needs to happen. Yeah, 
No, I agree. And I think speaking out is indeed uh, extremely important. But what I do think is also like extremely important is um, uh, is a change in our uh, risk adversity. So I think if you look at what is underlying here, uh, I think that, and you just talked uh, about it, um, that when you look at, at certain degrees, but ultimately it translates into certificates, that um, and it is not about proving that you have certain knowledge, it's rather about proving that you don't lack the knowledge. Mm. And so when you are done with your high school or university, people will say, great that you have your degree, but you, you know nothing. Mm. And that is not in a way that it is meant to, 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 to belittle you, but it's just to say, hey, great that you have shown the, the drive and capabilities of successfully uh, completing your degree, but uh, don't think that you now have the knowledge that you can you can start working tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I use it, and so um, if that is the case, that the knowledge that you have learned is applicable tomorrow, then you could ask yourself the question: Why it is so damn important for employers that if you don't have that degree, they wouldn't give you that position yeah. and that shows you that it is not that degree that certificate is that not there to show that hey I have these skills and these capabilities so I can do this no it's just to show you that hey Luke you can at least expect that I'm not completely stupid mm. I at least got this and this and this yeah, and it doesn't say that I have the skills to do it uh, but yeah. you know sure that I and that shows, I think, the, uh, inherently our risk adversity. So the fact that we want to uh, hatch, uh, um, yeah, almost want to liquidate, eliminate any form of risk, which is, I mean, which is like a natural thing to do, mm. right? That is how you... Biological. Yeah, that is how you survive, right? If you are always risk seeking, then, then you will pay a price for that, and maybe early in your life, and maybe that's not worth it, right? But to, to the degree that we have this discussion, I do think that um, being a little bit more risk-seeking, or at least risk-neutral, would be beneficial for our educational system. And so uh, also for the things we've just touched upon, a thing that we uh, maybe sometimes explicitly named as a as sort of a key problem uh, which we should solve and I think yeah speaking out your mind is one wow. but also don't be that risk averse be risk averse in the things that really can um, can let you pay a price but mm -hmm. uh, we are also sometimes risk averse because it's just easy yeah and and, and the moment we have that yeah, then I think it's almost a, a logical consequence that we have incentives to to be risk averse. But we yeah, no, should I, change that, right? Yeah, no, I think um, 
a great way to view it is this. You are scared to say something because you're afraid of what will happen when you say something. How scary is it if you don't say anything and it happens the way you think it will happen? What is scarier? And that is something you really need to ask yourself because I've started becoming more and more to realization it's a lot scarier if I don't say anything and what I thought I should talk about comes true because then I will feel like I could have prevented it rather than I will face some backlash, some something will face me and I will have to deal with it. Yeah, but I would even argue that, because I, I get your point, but I would argue that that point is even stronger in a sort of a third case in which you would say that thing that you would, that you want to propose something which you don't and then an alternative which is worse comes into play. Oh, I literally and, had this happen to me. Right? And <laughs> then, then you didn't give your opinion and then you are truly sad because you think, hey, they wanted to change it. I didn't know it, so or I thought maybe they even didn't want to change anything. They did, but it didn't take into account my feedback. Mm. And if they did, then maybe this, the, the ultimate result would be closer to my uh, proposition, which is better than the result right now. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And luckily today, I had a I had a similar situation where there was something very, very insignificant, but. I spoke out, they argued against my point, I rebuttaled, then they said, no, I was just going to do it my way, and then, yeah, they spent the next three hours doing the most menial work because they didn't want to do my methods, which would have been ten times faster because, yeah, they're all private, they had to do it their way, and it just shows some people can be so stuck in their ways, yeah, and that's also really, you should not underestimate how comfortable people are getting in education. And especially in the forms where, you know, the bar set a little bit lower because in the Netherlands we have a shortage of teachers uh, right now. And I think it's... A shortage, a shortage of good teachers. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Uh, well, a shortage of teachers means that a lot of not as good teachers show up to fill their spots. So you can imagine how that goes. Um, and I can, I can tell you a lot of them have their own way set in stone and they will refuse to do anything else because they are of the belief that this is how they should there is so many things go wrong, so many things. Right? I really, I feel ashamed to 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 see them professionally as my colleague. Like personally, I, I wouldn't have anything against them, or you know, I'm indifferent to them. But really, I will, and it's not with everyone, of course. There are some really great teachers, but I will I will be stunned in amazement for what I will come across. Really, really. Stonehenge is uh, understood. <laughs> yeah. I know, but yeah, it's uh, you will you will just have teachers that that don't care, will just uh, do whatever, or have them sit on their phone, uh, or you will have uh, you will have people teachers that will just get mad if they don't understand. I'm like, really, you're gonna get mad because they don't understand it. Yeah, such simple things, and they can be yeah very important. And we'd like to think that everybody that wants to be a teacher wants to do it for you know, good reasons, has a good heart, has the stuff put in it, but I tell you right now, there's a lot of teachers who right now who aren't, uh, yeah, aren't doing what they could be doing, aren't working up to their full potential, and I think partially is because they aren't forced to. And I'm not saying we should put a camera in every classroom and monitor the, the absolute heck out of them, but we should have real feedback to teachers 
ask them, ask them direct questions about what their classes look like, how they should do, what are they doing with the recent literature, and if they aren't, uh, if they aren't up to date with it, introducing them to it. But then the problem becomes teachers don't want to admit their mistakes, and they don't want to. This is a big one. Teachers don't want to go to management to ask them for ideas because they're scared. The second that they ask, they'll be like, shouldn't you already know this? This is, this is not new information. Yada, yada, yada. I don't have time for this. Or uh, uh, you are a liability now. Uh, and that is a big problem. Uh, and it's, again, that risk adversity that we talked about. I think super prevalent on the teachers. Really, really, really. Um, to the point where they let the situation get worse and worse and worse and worse and they will mingle amongst themselves at lunch tables and, and, and water coolers and share how they really feel but they're not act upon it for they are they are scared of the of the mighty stride of the manager. Yeah. That is that is the situation that we will find ourselves in and it's 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 really worrisome and if we don't don't stop it like the cork is going to pop soon. And there's a lot of things already going wrong and and some extreme cases. We don't want that. Um, do you feel you want to uh, add uh, some more things? We have a feeling we forgot something. Yeah, there is one small thing that I thought it, it, it would be worthy of mentioning. It's actually something I wanted to say at the, at the start. <laughs> um, so, um, when education first got started uh, in the Roman and Greek empires, it was you know, it wasn't something that everybody could just go to. And, and the only reason that some people were able to do it is because there were a lot of slaves in that society, which meant that you didn't have to go to work all day to be able to actually work, uh, or to, uh, sorry, to make an income, which meant that you could afford the leisure of going to school, which is where the word school actually comes from, a Greek word for leisure, um, or leisure, sorry. Uh, and that transition... Um, over time uh, had a lot of people educated or not a lot had a small proportion educated and to be able to do better than the rest and a, and a big proportion ineducated and luckily we live in a modern society where we believe that everybody should have the right to education but it's still not a fair system in the sense that in richer neighborhoods um, the school funding will be better they will get more subsidies and they will have more uh, restored and uh, functioning buildings and, and capabilities and you name it. Uh, and for universities, the same thing kind of holds true in that some universities will ask absolutely ridiculous fees for it, for for showing up and being able to follow their education. And of course, sometimes with good reasons, right? If you're working, if you're using a hundred thousand dollar lab equipment, you can imagine that the cost will go up. Uh, but as a general rule, there are still a lot of inequality in education because of that financial disparity. Um, and that is also something I feel like we should aim to ameliorate at least to a degree. So I thought that, that should be at least worthy of mention. Yeah, I, I think that is also a very uh, interesting, um, how, would you, how would you say, another subtopic. Now, maybe it's so big that you almost call it a subtopic, but indeed the balance between the quality of education and the price you pay for it is, is going to an extreme. And uh, I've seen reports where some people uh, in America are, are
on fame for the middle school of their children um, as much as they for a year, and then we talk about one child, mm. are paying for their one child more than they have paid for de uh, for their four years uh, Harvard. Mm. So the Harvard is, is almost 100,000 euros, so that times four is 400,000 euros, and now you are paying more than 400,000 euros per year for the education of your child. Yeah, you, you can see what, what, is, what is happening, right? And, and that kid, for example, is getting, before it is going to the, to the first year of high school, um, it can already speak fluent English, okay, that is then the mother tongue in, in America, of course, but then also speaks fluent Spanish, French, Ch and Chinese. Yeah, sometimes Latin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and a couple of other things. So then they play yeah. four instruments. And yeah, so yeah, sure. so uh, and, uh, not having an opinion, uh, because that is a discussion on itself, or, or what I think about it, but just to give you an idea, maybe to even, uh, yeah, uh, maybe as an addition to your story, right? Uh, that it is interesting that where almost, let's say, 2,000 years ago, we were already, and that was also part of the introduction, already of the opinion that education is one of the most important things in your society. Mm -hmm. You have your medicine man, uh, you have your food supplier, and if, if those two are satisfied, yeah, then you want your the person who is educating you, educating you at least something. Mm -hmm. That that has been there for, for like yeah, yeah, yeah. always, and the, and I think what for me the clear difference is indeed the spending and the disparities within that and then mm. inequalities that can arise from it. But what, what is maybe even more disturbing for me is that, and I think is also yeah, instrumental and in, in, in also um, uh, in, in, in the lack or, or the slow rate of improvement, is that um, in back then, 2,000 years ago, it was the case that when you were a teacher, it was almost the highest achievable thing mm. in your society. Yeah. Uh, and as as that is with most jobs, uh, you you would let's say um, attract the most interesting uh, and meet the most interesting people, places, food and so on. You as a teacher back then would be compensated or almost rewarded as the value that you have in society. And right now, you could say that the value is still there, maybe even, or maybe has increased. Uh, but if that is the case, then it's still at least important. Um, but I can give you 10, 20 different jobs that would pay, uh, let's say, not five or ten times, but a hundred times more. Mm. And I'm thinking about a YouTuber, an uh, influencer, and that is that is sick if you think about it. And and so the moment that you value your influencer more than your teacher, then and that that is not even and then a phone in class that only starts to make sense, <laughs> right? And then you can even the fact that it is not or it's it's always a mental game that symbolically the teacher is not earning one dollar more, but it is not. Uh, of a, of a euro or a dollar, it's, it's different of, 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 of five times, five, ten times the, uh, the 
yearly income. Yeah, and so then you can ask yourself the question, uh, is it indeed uh, a weird situation that a child who is maybe learning some knowledge in the class is inclined to take their phone and be active on social media? If ultimately society will reward you, and if you become an influencer in the past case, which you can see then, then using social media is almost an education for being an influencer, is then better, more beneficial than paying uh, attention in the class where you get your knowledge, which you later can use for being a teacher. Mm. So yeah. we, we are <laughs> like almost, uh, we want to punish children for, for using their phone in the class, but as long as we as society value the influence more than the teacher, then your, your child is getting it more than you do. <laughs> All right. I think we're finished. Okay. Okay. I great. Think that's perfect. Yeah, that is a great note to end yeah, on. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, hopefully uh, uh, next week we'll we will not only have uh, children as listeners. <laughs> we don't <laughs> we don't want that. Oh, no. <laughs> no kids allowed. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, no, anyone specific, uh, specifically on the on the podcast on YouTube, I said uh, no kids. Okay, okay. Or not for kids. Or, uh, anyone who uh, derives some value from this podcast, free, feel free, Jesus, feel free to listen to us. Yeah, I know it's better that we stop. Free right? feel, uh, Jala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free Jala. Uh, so, uh, on, free that Jala note, <laughs> on that note, uh, thanks for tuning in. Yes, it's Th- been a blast. Thank yeah. you. Uh, thank you for having us, and uh, we hope to see you soon. Stay curious. And there is. Uh, too much love for you guys, so uh, we can't wait to speak to you uh, soon enough. All right, see ya. Ciao.